Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Welcome to episode eight of Hashtag No Filter. Now, today's guest is an incredible, incredible woman. She's one of my very best friends. And I feel like I've said this before because I have, but truly this woman is just one of the best people on planet earth. All-star mom, rock star entrepreneur. She's just amazing. Her name is Candace Thomas and she is a brand strategist. Her company is called Story and Pearl. She has the blog Lux with Kids. And we are going to talk about today a lot of different things, but the main thing being that Candace went from career woman working nine to five and then some much her hours are much longer than nine to five but she was a career warm woman working in court in the corporate world she had kids she was a stay-at-home mom and now she's back into the working groove and so we're going to kind of talk about that whole um her whole story really and her whole experience and how she transitioned from one stage to the next and her you know great moments and also trials and tribulations along the way so welcome candace hi are you excited i am excited, but I'm also cringing and dying to hear (laughs) that very generous introduction. But it's also true. I feel like you're talking about somebody else's life. Oh, thank you. Stop it. No. It's very sweet. Anyone that knows Candace that is listening and knows in person, knows her in person, knows everything I said is very accurate. So Candace, first, give a little backstory. Where are you from? What What's your deal? What's your story? So I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago in a little town called Monaca, Illinois. And I lived in Chicago pretty much the majority of my adult life. About... Seven years ago, I moved away for the first time. Ever. Ever. Well, that's not true. I spent some time traveling, of course, and I spent a year here or a year there, but my roots were always very deep and very strong in Chicago, and I've always identified very much with being a Chicagoan. Mm -hmm. So that's where my family's from. Uh, That's where my friends are from. That's where I went to college. That's where I went to grad school. Uh, That's where my accent's from. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So Chicago is your home. Chicago is my home. And I feel that through and through. I feel like that's a big part of my identity, for sure. And when did... Okay, so talk about after college, what what was your first step? So when I was first out of college, I took a job downtown Chicago. I was um, working and living in the city, and I started going to graduate school. I went to grad school at Roosevelt University, right on Michigan mm-hmm. Avenue. And I was studying... Um, IO psychology, which is industrial organizational psychology and organizational development. 
And straight out of grad school, I joined actually while I was still in school um, and finishing up and writing my thesis. I joined a company that did consulting Mm -hmm. and I was focused on doing kind of employee relations. It was in the healthcare field Mm -hmm. and we focused on um, it was a survey research firm. And when they wanted to make improvements and changes to their organization on the employee side. So I was always kind of on the high touch, soft skill improvement, always wanting to make every day, the day-to-day life of people better. Amazing. That makes so much sense. It was, it was really, um, it was really fun. I certainly felt like at that time in my life, I was doing what I wanted to be doing. Right. I felt um, I was traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. I certainly was young at the time, but my clients took me seriously. And right. I, I took the work very, very seriously. Right. I was super, super in it. And this and this was so how long were you there? I was there about five years. OK, so, so and were you um, married at the time? And I actually met Brian right when I was Oh my gosh, isn't that terrible? My husband, Brian, who I love so much. I, I remember the day I met him and I, I remember how old I was, but I think I was already working there. I was for sure okay. still, I met him just a couple months before I graduated from graduate school because I remember that being kind of new in our relationship when okay. I graduated. So I'm sure I was there. Okay. But I do know that when my husband and I first met, I was still in a pretty heavy travel job. Okay. So I worked and traveled um, pretty a much lot. every week. Okay. And so five years you're there. What was mm-hmm. next? So after that, I moved into the agency world and mm-hmm. I moved to creative services and I made the transition through a very generous introduction. Um, from a very good friend. So um, shout out to Michael Miller, if you're listening. <laughs> Michael, I know Michael Miller. Hey, Michael. Who doesn't? <laughs> uh, but through a very generous introduction, because the organization that I joined um, was just absolutely so spectacular, and I felt so lucky to mm-hmm. even be in their presence. And I came in as um, an instructional designer, mm-hmm. learning strategist. And I joined their training team. So that was a natural jump kind of from the consulting world to they were doing kind of big, larger scale experiential marketing campaigns. Uh And the role that I played there was how to translate that to the internal audience. How do we now explain that to everybody who's going to execute on Mm -hmm. that? And I think within... Again, my memory of my timing is always going to be a little (laughs) ish, but pretty soon into that role, um, Bill Morton, who was Uh the son of Jack Morton, Uh which was the company, was at our office and he pointed to me in a meeting and said, you need to be in sales. You need to be on our account team. Unbelievable. Like he, he, he just saw that in you right away. He pointed his finger in my face <laughs> and I had always thought, no, I'm a strategist. I'm a behind, mm-hmm. not behind the scenes in that sense, but I'm the thinker and the doer. Right. I'm going to put this right. together. I of course love people and I love relationships and I love managing mm-hmm. that kind of, um, side of the business, but I had never thought of myself as an account person in right. the traditional agency world. But <clears throat> 
he was right, and that's what I did. So I moved uh, into an account director role. And, and how? Oh, you don't career. remember exactly how long this was? Uh, into? that was pretty soon into it. Soon I think within it. within a year. Okay. Okay. I think it was pretty soon. And into then it. how long were I you? I could probably with? look back at my LinkedIn. <laughs> so I was with them for about five years. Five years. Yes. Okay. And within my last year at Jack Morton, I became VP, which was amazing, hugely exciting, yeah. and um, rewarding for me because I had really dedicated a lot of my time mm-hmm. and mind and space to mm-hmm. my clients and the work um, in our office. And I felt um, very, very proud. That's that amazing. So that's five years. So now so, so, about, so we're like a solid 10, 10 years. years my okay. <laughs> and now what's happening in your life? And then I became pregnant with my wonderful, beautiful, charming, sweet, not to be replaced, soon to be nine-year-old son. Amazing. So how, what were your feelings? So when you, you found out you're pregnant Mm -hmm. and you're so excited and, and how did you feel your, your life was going to look, um, in terms of your career and everything when you found out you're pregnant? Or did you even have a, did you? Yeah, you, that's a really great question. And to be really honest about it, and I hope this sounds, I hope it sounds, I don't know, I hope people give me grace when I say this, I felt really complicated about it. Mm-hmm. I was obviously very excited and I knew I always wanted to be a mom mm-hmm. and my husband and I wanted to have children, um, but I felt really worried that I was making the wrong decision for where I had been leading Mm -hmm. my entire life. I just didn't understand how being a mother and having a baby was going to work with the entire trajectory that I had set myself up on. So you were, you really didn't know what it was going to look like. Mm -mm. And you, so as you're going through the nine months of pregnancy, did you ever, did you continue to feel that way or was Mm -hmm. there ever a shift or was it when you had him that it, that it shifted? I actually think that, and for anyone who worked with me or on my team at the time could probably attest to this. I think I held on even tighter with like deeper claws Mm -hmm. because I was feeling insecure and worried about what my absence was going to mean. Mm -hmm. And so I think I held on even tighter and I probably became even more of a type A lunatic control freak (laughs) (laughs) because I was afraid of what that was going to look like and how my life was going to change. And then, of course, like everything in life, the second that beautiful child was born, you realize, I mean, you got to give up to rise up. Exactly. Right? And everything that I was holding on tight to, actually, I was holding them back. If, if it was somebody on my team, mm-hmm. I was probably not letting them fly when they needed to. And it's one of those momentous moments in your life that you cannot explain or duplicate or replicate, but you just have to experience and you have to realize it's actually not about me. Right. And frankly, if it is about me, And if I walk away and everything falls apart, then I wasn't doing a great job. Right. So I need to really reframe what I think is important about me. Right. And it took literally him seeing him. It took having a child and being on maternity leave. To realize that. To realize, oh, guess what? There's an incredible group of people Mm -hmm. that surrounded me who could probably do everything without me for the rest of their career. Mm -hmm. And that actually is not a bad thing. Right. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. Right. You can build people up and you can send other people out. 
And I had wonderful mentors at the time, and I'm still in touch with so many of them. And they had been trying to tell me this, I think, mm-hmm. for multiple years. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like, take it easy. Right, right, right. <laughs> Don't hold on so tight. But you have to learn those lessons honestly. And for me, it was having a child and having, you know, that particular child. So when you, um, you, you had your child and you went on maternity leave, Mm -hmm. was maternity leave three months Mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Did you, was your plan to go back to work and did you go back to work? I did go back to work. I went back to work for about a year. Um, I had an incredible nanny that I could not have done anything without. Mm -hmm. I did not do it on my own. I went back to work hardcore, um, lots of hours, lots of travel and had an amazing system supporting me behind that. Um, including every single person that I worked with. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Uh, It was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, I literally, I pumped at work and I stored breast milk in the company refrigerator <laughs> and and no uh, one bad enough like it was su- no, everyone was supportive everyone and- was so supportive and I felt like I returned I obviously was different because I had gone through the biggest transformation of my life um, but I returned softer uh-huh and I felt like when I came back I was welcomed back mm-hmm. um with such a supportive mm-hmm. reception that that must um, have felt amazing. It felt amazing, and I'm really, I'm really grateful to all those people who are still so important in my life, and certainly at that time were, you know, the people I spent the majority of my day with, but that they supported me so gracefully through that massive transition. Right, that was very scary and um, uncharted territory for me. So you're, so you go back to work. After maternity leave, you're there for a year. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? And then my husband received an incredible opportunity in his career. And that opportunity required that we move away from Chicago. Okay. And where did you go? We went to St. Louis, believe it or not. Of all places, I was actually a little reluctant to leave. Um, I'm a huge Cubs fan, so mm-hmm. I, in that case, felt like I should never go to the <laughs> because they're Cardinals fans. But um, I was actually uh, pregnant with my second son at the time, just very newly pregnant. Okay. And it kind of felt like a decision was being put in front of us that... I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. I felt like an answer was being put in front of us to a decision I wasn't ready to make. If okay. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was pregnant for the second time mm-hmm. and my son was only one at the time. And, um, I was just thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do it a second time? I was able to pull it off once, but can I do this again? Right. And what is this going to look like financially? Mm-hmm. And, and, and all of these questions were in front of us. And, and do I even have the courage to step back or do I look for a different job that maybe has less um, responsibility or right. less hours or less travel requirements? And this opportunity came up for my husband. And it just seemed like the decision was put, the answer was put, was put in right. front of us. Right. So we took it. And, and he went. Yes. And we went. And with my husband, he actually, um, to his credit, he commuted that for over a year before we made the decision to physically move. And um, when we decided to physically move, I did quit my job. You and did. So, so how did you feel about that? I felt really empowered at the mm-hmm. time because I felt like I was making a decision for our family. Right. And that was number one. I was making a decision that I was going to support my husband in this incredible opportunity. Mm-hmm. 
And I was going to make the decision to step back for a few years and focus on our children. And that's what you did. And you, mm-hmm. you are, you don't regret that at all. I don't regret that at all. We were in St. Louis for less than a year. Okay. And we moved very quickly to California. Right. So that was um, for your husband's job. For my husband's job again. Again, so important to take the opportunities when they come to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And I think moving the first time was the hardest hump for me to kind of get over emotionally and just logically right. I was going to leave. And once you leave, you're like, let's go. <laughs> you're like excited <laughs> and ready for this. Let's do it. Yes. Because now I just felt invincible and I right. felt like our little family and our team could do anything. So. so how long were you in California for? We were in California for just a few years. Right. And did you work there? Were you? I did not work. Okay. I was a full-time home with my kids. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge transition. Actually, that was a much bigger, I think being in California with two, because at that point I had a baby and a two-year-old. They're mm-hmm. less than two years apart. I feel like being in California in those years in California, I look back on as some of the hardest in my Life, Life, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I was the furthest away from my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a, a you know, deep-rooted support network. Right. I um, was away from my career completely, mm-hmm. and my husband was in a very big new job, and it required lots of hours from him and lots of travel. So I felt very right. isolated at that point. And you didn't know a lot of people in California. Did I didn't. you know anyone when you moved I knew, there? I, yeah, I had a couple friends mm-hmm. when I moved, and so I was really lucky Um I was really, but it was a huge transition for you. It was a huge transition. And frankly, I think emotionally that was probably one of the lowest points in my life. Being home alone with two little kids was, um, one of the most humbling experiences of my entire life. (laughs) So did you, did you ever consider, um, did you want to, to work one while you were there or you knew you didn't want to, it was just, you were, you were adjusting to this new life, this new way. I could barely find time to take a shower. <laughs> it was, you're so in it. You know what? I was so deep in it. So deep into this, um, having two little kids and their needs are so physical. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I nursed both of my kids for, for several years mm-hmm. and, and, and I was physically tied and frankly loved it. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't trade those for years anything, right. for anything, but I also don't want to discredit them as being, you know, off like, you know, roses and daisies. Right. You weren't like in California, like on the beach every day living. No. Living well, there. I was also in Northern California, so <laughs> it's not that, it's not that warm, but it's gorgeous. And I was, I was actually really grateful for the amount of sunshine and the amount of like just abundance that grows in California that you can be outside so often, mm-hmm. because I think that's really healthy mm-hmm. um, for anyone. But I think especially for a new mom who's home and stuck in the house, right. I think being able to, to get physically out. be outside. Um, and so that's a luxury you don't have when you live in Chicago right, or St. Right. Louis. You can't put your kids in a stroller and walk every day. No. Um, I did become um, very interested in exercise at that time mm-hmm. of my life. That's when I started doing the daily method. Uh, it's a type of bar Mm. Uh, class and I started doing the daily method at home. No, in classes. So there was um, there was a class in Berkeley and a class in Piedmont that I'd go to a lot. We lived in the East Bay, and that was one of the biggest 
like cornerstones and supports of that time of my life. Amazing. Physical exercise and finding kind of that community of women was wonderful. And were a lot of those women also, they had young kids and kind of in a similar place yeah, to you in life? I, I think some of them were. I, I joined with a, a friend of mine and we would really do it. We were really kind of dedicated. Yeah. Um, to just getting in the best physical health. Mm-hmm. I think there's something that's really important about mental and physical health and that connection. Mm-hmm. And just being in California is so inspiring. The sun's out every day. The The food is ripe on the vine yeah. every day. And you just kind of want to be alive and be part of it. So I am grateful for California. And you lived there for th- about three years? We were just we were just short of that, actually, when I will never forget the day that um, my husband came home and said... What do you think about Houston? Were you like, huh? Well, I remember, <laughs> I literally remember standing at my island in our kitchen and I was like, literally like chopping up a zucchini at the time. <laughs> maybe it was a cucumber. Actually, maybe my memory on it, it's some sort of green, some sort of long <laughs> cylinder shaped green vegetable. And I remember looking up at him and saying, I don't. Like, I literally don't think of Houston ever. Like, why would you like, ever think of Houston? It never crosses my right. mind. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't. Why? 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 What's happening? What? So an opportunity opened for him, which was another very exciting transition in his career to move to Houston, Texas. And he, this came out of nowhere, though. Like you had, I mean, you had never thought of Houston in your life. Like, why would you mm-hmm. have thought of Houston? At this point, I really thought that I was in a temporary decision to take a step back, focus on our children while my husband was building his career and all roads were going to point back to Chicago. And when I went, when we went back to Chicago, I was going to rejoin that community. The work, like the, your, the company you were with. All of it. Yes. Wow. Maybe not that exact company, but, but that, I just well, felt like all roads were going to point back there at some point. So I just felt like I was living this temporary existence and <gasps> I was going to get back to Chicago. Right. So when he said that, what, what <laughs> you, you dropped know, the zucchini. I, I, I honestly, at this point I felt really, oh gosh, that's, that's a really good question. How did I feel? I felt, you were, were you shocked? Were, I, I felt shocked because I didn't think that was going to be the path that was right, off right. the map that was completely off the map but i also felt like our last two moves and all the transition we had had in at this point probably three three and a half years mm-hmm. um since we had left i felt like i was open to the unknown mm-hmm. and that was something i don't think you would have ever said about me five years prior right, right i was a very controlled, very determined, very planned out person. Right. So being open to a whole new city, a whole new community, a whole new world that I knew literally nothing about. I think at that time I had been to Texas, like all of Texas, maybe like two (laughs) or three times in my life. (laughs) Like probably not Houston though. No, I I mean, I honestly don't know. I think I might've worked here once. I know I was in San Antonio (laughs) once before. It wasn't memorable though. I also was one of those classic people from Chicago that thought everything south of Memphis was (laughs) just this like large, vast area called the South. Right, right. And I didn't realize there was any nuance or nothing was dynamic about any of those places. Exactly. So when you hear this, you're like, okay, Houston. So he explains this sure. new opportunity to sure. you. And, and literally the next day, I think we were on a flight to Houston to see what we thought 
about it. Wow. Mm-hmm. You didn't waste any time. We didn't so you get time. to Houston and what are your what what is going through your head? I fell massively in love with the city. I am such a huge fan of Houston. I love Houston. It's true. I can. I, I know this firsthand. She loves Houston. I love Houston. <laughs> I feel like we came to a place that was instantly so supportive, so gracious, so um, exciting. Mm-hmm. There's just such a wonderful um, entrepreneurial spirit about mm-hmm. Houston. Mm-hmm. There's um, space for everybody here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you go to Houston that next day and then how long after did you then move? When, when did you get to Houston? Oh, I think within like two months. Oh, it was very yeah, quick process. I think it was okay. a super quick process. And your kids are, are right now like two and... So they're or, like two and four. Okay. I think. I think they were literally two and four. Okay. okay. Again, we might need to like retract through my photos <laughs> and figure out More exactly. or less. This two is and four. all a blur. All a blur. So, okay. So you get to Houston and what, how, how does it go? Like, it's great. I literally within days of arriving in Houston, I felt like I was at home. I felt, I felt just like an emotional shift. Like this was the place where I needed to be and was supposed to be. And no longer were you thinking like, I'm going to be back in Uh -uh. Chicago. Like this was, this was your home now. Mm -hmm. Immediately. That's amazing. And, And honestly, when we were in California about... Oh, maybe like six months before we left California, I had started writing a blog, Lux with Kids. That's what I was about to ask you about. Okay. I started writing a blog in California and I effectively launched it when we came to Houston. I mean, I had some posts that were up and it was right. online, but I felt like arriving in Houston became that time where I started telling people about it and I really started promoting it. So that's when you officially mm-hmm. started and, and Lux with Kids mm-hmm. became a thing. Lux with Kids became a so thing. So through Lux with Kids, were you, was this your, were you planning on Lux with Kids being your, your job, a source of income? Like what was your plan with Lux with Kids? So Lux with Kids, it, what's interesting is it was actually my husband's idea. We were, we traveled a lot, especially when we were on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. We knew that it was going to be temporary and we really wanted to take as much, um, we just wanted, we wanted to spend every minute that we were there Mm -hmm. using it as we could because we knew it was going to be temporary. Mm -hmm. So we would spend weekends going to wine country. We would, um, go to Sausalito. We would Mm -hmm. (laughs) go into the city for something that we read about online. We flew to Seattle. We went to, um, Laguna. I love Southern California. I love that whole Mm -hmm. Laguna Beach area so much. Like you took advantage of living there. We took advantage. Thank you for filling in the words (laughs) that I obviously can't remember. Um, we went to Santa Fe. Oh. We we just really we went to Hawaii multiple times. Um, uh-huh. Actually, the flight to Hawaii was like shorter than the flight back to Chicago. So we were like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, take advantage Maui, of that. Maui, Chicago. <laughs> so um, on one of our trips, actually to Seattle, we were having this fantastic experience, and I was just thinking, you know, I had looked online and I had looked for some recommendations. Somebody needs to write about this. There's this. There's this niche that I think we live in that we stay in certain hotels. We like to really get into the city that we're at. Mm -hmm. We don't like to kind of just surfacely um, parachute in Mm -hmm. into a city. We like to actually get into neighborhoods. We like to experience it it as much as a local as you possibly Mm -hmm. can being a tourist. And I even said to my husband on that particular trip, you know, there's this kind of like luxury market that's uh-huh. not really being tapped into that's mm-hmm. really geared towards families and you wouldn't know it unless you kind of had that Venn diagram like that's right. how you 
typically traveled and those were the experiences you were looking for. On the other big circle is your family. Right. And there's that small little sliver Mm -hmm. in between, but it still exists. Exactly. So I remember my husband saying, you should write about that. You should blog about that. And I think through him saying that, it was also probably like, God, woman, you're driving me nuts. (laughs) Like, please do something. (laughs) Please, please do something. Because I had always been so busy and my mind had been busy. Right. And my hands had been busy. And um, even though I was very physically and emotionally busy with my children, um, my mind and my purpose and my creativity Mm -hmm. and my just need to create was not. So I think that that was his kind of idea of what I could focus in my time. And because at this point, it had been five maybe four years since you had had a, a, a like a corporate it probably incentive. been about two years two and a half three years oh point. right because yeah. your kids are two yeah. and four. okay, okay. Uh-huh. so then at this point so you hadn't worked for a couple of years yeah i hadn't and worked. so you were probably excited about yeah this. oh like, my gosh i was so excited and but you went into it not did you go into it necessarily thinking i'm gonna make money off this like this is or did you do it just because you enjoyed it and a little bit you know i think i think i am capitalist in the way that I always think that everything that I do should be lucrative Mm -hmm. in some way or another. Mm -hmm. And if that's just emotional capital that I'm going to get from it, that's great. Right. But I certainly didn't just want it to be like a hobby. Right, right. You You know, if I'm going to dedicate my time to something, I want there to be some sort of payoff, Mm -hmm. whether it be emotional, financial. Absolutely. I am pretty financially motivated. So I was pretty excited about um, monetizing. Mm -hmm. The blog. And and when you, so you're in Houston at this point, you start Lux with, or you officially launch Lux mm-hmm. with kids. What, what came from that? Because I, I mean, I know you, so I know you've yeah. met a shit ton of people. Immediately. You, you, I mean, that's how we met. I think you're one of the first people I met. <laughs> at, at the Four Seasons at, at an the, event, the S'mores event. At the Four Seasons <laughs> at a S'mores event. So that, that's what I say about Houston. I moved to Houston. I was an unknown entity. I had a brand new blog. Mm-hmm. And I was on every single invite list sincerely mm-hmm. and generously. Yep. And when I would show up by myself. I remember you. <laughs> you're literally alone. I was alone. Was so and that took a lot. I mean, even though I'm pretty extroverted, that actually <laughs> took like a lot of like. Yeah, that can I, be I, easy. I can do this. I mean. It, I can do this. But every time I'd walk in the door, I was genuinely greeted with open arms and so welcomed into this community of mostly women bloggers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and other women who were some um some other mom bloggers some fashion bloggers some Mm -hmm. food bloggers but everybody in this community and you know some people were even doing creative content um in other ways Mm -hmm. you know or having small businesses Mm -hmm. but every woman who was in this community that i was instantly welcomed into was trying to do something deep from their heart Mm -hmm. and every other person in that group was saying how can I help what can I do how can I promote you how can we collab a genuine interest I literally learned the word like hashtag collab (laughs) because that spirit is so Houston it is so Houston everyone wants to help and it's not a competitive I mean of course they're outliers there but it's not a competitive uh, feel like you never felt that when you got here there's space for everybody so even if you and I do the exact same thing guess what there's room for all of us exactly and when you win that's actually a win for me Mm -hmm. because you're raising our whole category Mm -hmm. exactly so you have Lux with Kids and you start monetizing it and doing you know some bigger partnerships and things Mm -hmm. what what happens from there because now we're getting to where uh, Candace has a an incredible business now. So what what was the transition to Story and Pearl? Like so that? Story and Pearl is actually, I just kind of um, 
put a name on it. Um, what was my freelance work? And I think mm-hmm. it came naturally out of my blog collaborations and partnerships when I'd work with brands. I think I would ask bigger questions mm-hmm. than just, oh, you want an Instagram post. I think I would kind of deep dive mm-hmm. in a conversation a little bit more mm-hmm. and started working with people more on a brand strategy level. Mm-hmm. So instead of just being like an end result to them as an influencer who is going to promote them, mm-hmm starting to kind of come in and say, well, what are we promoting? Why are we promoting that? What does that mean to you? Who are we looking for? You didn't want to just promote their product in a photo. You wanted to understand why, what are we doing here? And, and, and take that and tell a story. I think, yeah, I mean, nice way to articulate <laughs> I think that's just my nature the, though. Yeah, it I is. Don't, it totally is. I think it's just my nature that I want to know more. I want to know why right. I want to understand what is the actual purpose of this and and who does it and who's going to buy it and who why are they mm-hmm. going to buy it i just had mm-hmm. more questions for whatever and that comes from probably your experience working for 10 years I in, think it in does. that world. Yeah. And I think it, again, I love, I love a good Venn diagram, but I think <laughs> that if you kind of put together all of those lenses of where I had been over the last few years, that's that new sliver mm-hmm. is that I identified there's a lot of brands and there's a lot of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm especially starting out that are instantly looking to an influencer market as the golden ticket. Right. Right. And they're saying, well, if I just get a blogger to post this, I'm going to go all the way. Mm -hmm. I kind of need to back up. Well, what, what is it that you want to go all the way with? And, and who, what about that influencer and their audience do you want to cross over with? And what do you want them to know about Mm -hmm. you? And what's the end result that you want people to do? What are the actions that you want people to take? Right. So, and that, so story, so officially you, when did you start, um, taking on, aside from looks with kids, when mm-hmm. did you start taking on clients? I know we just, you more recently like put a name to your company, but when did that start where you started kind of making money from this, yeah. um, business of yours? I don't even know. I mean, I think like two years <laughs> two ago, years, probably. Okay. okay. So I think probably about two years into, so I've been in Houston now for four years mm-hmm. and I think about two years into our tenure Mm -hmm. here, I kind of started transitioning from just being a blogger Mm -hmm. to actually helping brands kind of move that conversation forward a little bit. Got it. And that transition really came from that influencer position that I was holding. Like you don't feel like if you, if Lux with Kids never existed, you don't know if this would have come. Like this came because you had this blog and you were kind of dealing with brand. I mean, it's hard to say what What a great question. What a great (laughs) question though, because it's kind of chicken or the egg. I think that was a conversation that was in front of me Mm -hmm. and those were the conversations that I was having with the introductions that I had. Exactly. I don't know how I would have met some of these people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. otherwise. Yeah. And I don't know how I would have been an authority. Not that I am an authority, but I don't know why anyone would have wanted to ask me any of those questions had it not been for my experience as an influencer. So you really, you see both sides of it. You're on, you, you, it's both, it's the, the, the influencer side and the brand side. And now, so now Story and Pearl is quite a thing. Now, can you, I love the name Story and Pearl. So can you just explain where that came from? I know, but so you know the story. So, um, Ira Glass, who I'm super, super dorkishly obsessed with, um, NPR. Mm -hmm. I love that. There's a quote and it. Um, is actually on my website and it says great stories happen to people who can tell them. Mm -hmm. And I just believe in the message of that so much that 
if you can't tell your story and if you can't explain to other people what's happening, it's like, is it actually happening? Doesn't matter how good the product doesn't is. Doesn't matter how good. If you can't communicate mm-hmm. and if you can't have a genuine and authentic connection with the people that need to hear it, then mm-hmm. it's not, you're just right. going to have this massive disconnect. Mm-hmm. And so I think I was really inspired by the idea of storytelling and mm-hmm. the idea of telling stories mm-hmm. in the brand lens. Right. And, um, I think a mistake that a lot of people make in general, in life, in, in, in business, in all ways is that you see somebody who looks to you as being successful and you try to emulate them. Mm -hmm. And I'm so guilty of this. I spent my entire probably junior high years trying to emulate someone. Mm -hmm. And then my high school years trying to emulate somebody else. And not that I know that I'm completely done with that because I probably have many Instagram crushes right now, but <laughs> you try, you try to, you try to strip that away and you try mm-hmm. to figure out what's actually unique about me. And mm-hmm. so I loved the analogy of a pearl mm-hmm. that that's something, um, you know, when not like genetically modified and injected into poor little shells, um, that's something that you grow and it's usually mm-hmm. like from sand and dirt and dust, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it, it grows organically and it's not perfect. And it's something that requires some digging and some work to get to it and mm-hmm. even some polishing. Yeah. But it's yours. Right. And you kind of earned it. Right. You earned it. Yeah. And so you help these brands tell their stories. Tell their story. And 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 so you, you that's what you do now. These are these are your you have small businesses or also- mostly small businesses. Um, I certainly um, am working with some incredible entrepreneurs up to some enterprise mm-hmm. businesses that are extremely successful mm-hmm. and I feel honored to even be associated or a part of, of their storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's really kind of a range right now. Every company that I'm working with though has been a personal introduction mm-hmm. or recommendation. And like not necessarily you knew them personally, but a, a, but a, a connection from someone else, mm-hmm. a mutual friend, a mutual. a mutual friend, a previous colleague, mm-hmm. someone that has made that introduction. And I feel like that is what I'm probably most proud of mm-hmm. because it's amazing. There's nothing I value more than connection in mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And the fact that somebody would think of me when they're thinking of somebody else and that I could help them mm-hmm. or we could collaborate and we could find some mutual success, I think is the mm-hmm. most rewarding piece. Absolutely. So now you, this is your business and you have a good amount of clients. So how do, how do you feel now? So your kids are a little older now. My kids are a little. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what's actually really interesting is, and this is where the transition continues to, to take place is that just this year, my kids are both in school kind of full time. So mm-hmm. from eight to three, mm-hmm. eight to three fifteen. if we really want to split hairs, which I actually do <laughs> every day in the carpool line. And... I realized that I have this really generous chunk of time every single day where I can be extremely effective. Um, I mean, that's essentially seven hours a day yeah. that I'm on my own. Yeah. If I use those hours without socializing, without breaking for lunch, I mean, like, let's be real. I, of course, have to eat and of everything course. like that. Right. But if I just put, like, pedal to the metal for those hours mm-hmm. every single day... I can basically work full time if I also can kind of capitalize on some um, evening hours after my kids have gone to bed, if I can um, steal an hour or two or three or four or something from the weekend, um, I can work anywhere and at any time and still be 
essentially a full-time stay-at-home mom. Exactly. Because I take them to school every day and I pick them up pretty much every day. Um, You know, there are times where I have meetings or something that conflicts Mm -hmm. with that. And I do have a wonderful support network Mm -hmm. that I'm super grateful for. But for the most part, those times of the day are sacred to me. Mm -hmm. I love that I can be the one to take them and pick them up from school every day. And I get to see their faces Mm -hmm. as they walk away Mm -hmm. and and as I get in the car. And you still have that good amount, that good chunk of time the whole day that you, so you really are, you're, you're doing the stay at home mom thing and you're also doing the running your own business thing. Yeah. And and you were able to figure that out in a way that works great for your family. I mean, I think if you looked at me right now and if you could see me through this microphone, you'd see that I don't have on makeup and I'm wearing a mom bun. And you look amazing. And, um, I'm super casual almost all the time. I mean, I'm... I don't want to ever say, like, I've completely figured it out because absolutely not have I. And if my kids are sick, all, you know, yeah, all plans are just completely out But you've completely figured it out for you. And this- For me, at this time in our life, I feel like it's happening. Yeah. I feel like it's happening. But it wasn't overnight. I it mean, was, it took years. Oh, my years. gosh. It wasn't overnight. And it's still not perfect. But I feel like it's here. And it's, it's- happening. And um, I just need to be flexible Mm -hmm. with what kind of is thrown at me throughout Mm -hmm, the week mm -hmm. because my kids 100% come first. I don't have any help, Mm -hmm. um, full-time help, right? even part-time babysitter help. And Brian works long hours. And my husband works a very serious job Mm -hmm. and very long hours, and he travels a lot too. So I am the primary 100% Mm -hmm. like caregiver. Exactly. So what would you advice? Okay. What advice would you give to someone who is about to make that trend, not make that transition. They're pregnant. Maybe uh-huh, or they're, they're uh-huh. thinking about getting pregnant, but they have this massive career and they just don't necessarily want to give it up. How do you, cause for me personally, like, I don't know if I want kids as you know, I don't know if I want kids and I, I might, I might not, I don't know, but right now I'm not sure. But part of it is I, I love working <laughs> and, and I know you can have it all and people have it all, but how do you, you know, it took you a little while to figure it out and now you're in this great place. But what is your advice to someone that might, um, want to take that next step, but not give up maybe their career? I think there's no decision you can make that you can't change later. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was something that I learned and it took me a while to learn is that, Okay, you can go back to work and guess what? If it doesn't work and it doesn't feel right and it doesn't feel right for your family and you are in a place where um, you can make that decision, Mm -hmm. because that's also a privilege that, you know, we Mm -hmm. need to recognize that not everybody has that opportunity. Right, right. But if that is something that would work, um, it's not forever. Exactly. You can quit. And guess what? If you quit and you stay home and you realize that that is not going to work for you, you can always go back. Exactly. I think just holding on so tight to any certain existence at any point in your time is, um, it's just not, you're not going to grow from that. Right. Right. When, when you're holding on so tight, you're not, you're not letting in any opportunity for, for anything else that's going to possibly come your way and and help you move to a different place or a parallel Mm -hmm, place. mm -hmm. And so if you're just... You can be so committed, but you can also be open. Like allow room. For, allow, allow room. room. Allow mm-hmm. space. And mm-hmm. and more than anything, ugh, I certainly never want to say I figured it out or, you know, I'm doing it all because 
I think the biggest lesson I've learned, and I think I've learned this lesson in just the last year and even probably just like the last nine months is, Mm -hmm. is this idea of grace and giving yourself Mm -hmm. grace and extending grace to those around you. Yeah. And realizing that everybody's probably trying their best in that situation and just everyone's doing the best they can. You're, if you do the best you can and, and ultimately are happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we're present day. Uh-huh. We're present day. <laughs> and we're present day. Okay. So we have story and Pearl and we have Lux with kids. Are there mm-hmm. any parting words or things you want to say? Words. Parting words or things you want to say to, 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 to and I, I think I know what you're going to say about allowing your, giving yourself grace, but someone in your shoes right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course, give yourself grace, and that's a hard, way harder um, done than said. But I think also, you you can be a mother, mm-hmm. and you can have that wonderful, irreplaceable gift in your life, and you can still have a career. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't have to choose. It just might not look exactly the way that you think it is. I think there's that famous quote, you can have everything, you just can't have it all at the same right. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even think that there's some nuance to that because I think it's just how you define having it all. Yep. And yep. Um, and right now you feel, I mean, of course, like you said, nothing's perfect. Nothing's but you feel perfect. like you are, you have... I feel super fulfilled right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. I feel really, um, I feel so... F and half hashtag blessed. <laughs> you went there. I um no, but I really do. I feel so privileged. I feel so lucky that I am in a position where I have these options mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. have these opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I have these gorgeous, beautiful, healthy children. Mm-hmm. And I have a support network who allows me to do what I love to do. Exactly. And that I have a husband who embraces that. Right. I feel um I feel like right now at this stage in my life, I feel very fulfilled. Good. And I also feel like I have learned my lesson. I have no idea what's in front of me. Right. Right. But you know that. <laughs> but I'm open know. to it. Exactly. I'm open to whatever. So if, if Brian come. came to New Orleans, so what do you think about uh, North Dakota? Uh, I'd probably say F no. To, <laughs> I know this is like hashtag no filter. Hashtag. Yeah, that's, that's where we're. We but are right I'm trying not to swear because I would love to share this on my own channels. Okay, and so I feel like I, I have I'll a little bit more words. of a mom, you of know, course. family-friendly mm-hmm. audience. Anyone who knows me in real life knows that I swear like a trucker. Yep. Yeah, daily. about 20 minutes ago in the kitchen, actually. <laughs> so I'm just trying to, like, bleep it out yeah, for myself. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, you know, I mean, it would have to be um, something that would really make him happy for me to go to North Dakota. Yeah. I think it's a little chilly. North Dakota there. is random. I'm not I sure mean, why I said random. that. I mean, it's super random. It's super random. But, no, I'm, 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 I'm open. But I'm really fulfilled right now, and I'm really um, feeling very truly without being cliche. I feel really grateful for the life that we're living right now. It's amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. Well, this was amazing, Candace. Thanks. Thank you so much for being here. So if you want to follow Candace, her blog is luxwithkids.com. Her Instagram is at luxwithkids and her business is storyandpearl.com. That's story and A-N-D pearl.com. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for being here, Candace. Thank you, Julie. The Thanks for the wine. Of course. Anyway, we're going to go out for dinner now, but thank you all so much for listening. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at JulieLauren14, and I will talk to you very soon. Bye. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests? 
against stay-at-home orders around the country. It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are.